Speaking of Travel is sponsored by the Asheville Regional Airport, your local connection to the world. And when you fly home, you're home. Plan your next trip at flyavl.com. Appalachian Realty. If you're looking for a home in Asheville and Western North Carolina, they'll help you find properties as unique as you are. Visit AppalachianRealty.com. Welcome to Speaking of Travel with Marilyn Ball. Sit back and be carried away to places around the world and right here in our own backyard. No passport required. Hi, this is Marilyn Ball, and you're listening to Speaking of Travel right here on News Radio 570 WWNC and 101.1 FM, The Revolution. And be sure to visit the Speaking of Travel website, speakingoftravel.net, and you can sign up for the Speaking of Travel Travel Club, and you'll receive the latest travel news and travel tips. And remember, you can always listen to this episode or any past episode of Speaking of Travel on the website speakingoftravel.net, and on the iHeartRadio app, iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play. Well, I'll tell you what, I have just been deep in meditation lately. It's getting cold, it's winter, it's time to kind of hibernate a little bit. And I started thinking of something the Dalai Lama said, it is not enough to be compassionate, you must act. You know, I believe that to be truly successful and live a legendary life, that there should be a balance with all aspects of life. And being of service is a big part of that balance. And this means being others in whatever way fits your lifestyle. You know, sometimes we forget about what we have because we get so stuck in our routines. Well, my guest today chose to step out and see the world and create her life around travel and social good. Emily Rathmanner is on a mission to create a more connected and environmentally conscious world and surround herself with organizations that help create change in society. And I am so glad I ran into her in Asheville, and she's here with us today on Speaking of Travel. Welcome to the show, Emily. I am so excited to have you here. Thanks for having me. I'm glad to join you. Well, you know, Asheville is such an eclectic town, and it's the magic of this town is that you just never know who you're going to meet here. It could be somebody rich and famous or someone who is at the yoga festival selling bags and making jewelry, and that was you. (laughs) That's how we met. Yeah, exactly. I I think it was your granddaughter that approached me first, and I'm I'm glad we got chatting and were able to connect. Absolutely, and she is thrilled that you're on the show. She still looks at those pictures and that beautiful sea glass necklace you made with her. <laughs> That's great. So, Emily, when when I met you here in Asheville and you were selling your beautiful sea glass jewelry, you were also selling bags and I want to talk to you a little bit about that. Well, I want to talk to you a lot about that. But first, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and, and where you are right now and what's going on and how you got here, uh, just in a nutshell. Okay, great. Well, yeah, I'm from Delaware, so I'm, I'm currently in Delaware right now. But the past four and a half years, I've been traveling all over the world and mostly living abroad. Um, I studied graphic design 
in communications at Virginia Tech. And I was, a friend approached me in college and asked if we wanted to move to Australia. So I moved to Australia to kick everything off and was exposed to this backpacking and travel kind of lifestyle. And I've been doing it ever since. So when, when you were growing up, quick question, in Delaware, did your family travel? Was that something that you thought as a kid, wow, someday I want to do that? Not so much. We would go to resorts in Mexico or on cruises, but not this kind of, um, we can say, off the beaten path sort of travel I've been, I've been experiencing the past few years. And do you go with a group? How, how does that work? So first you went to Australia with your friends. Had you ever been that far away from home? No, I hadn't. And actually, my friend didn't even end up coming. So I, from the very beginning, I was traveling alone and kind of just doing my own thing and letting the, the winds take my sail. Um, and, and from that point on, I was doing mostly solo traveling and often couch surfing and doing work exchanges. So kind of finding affordable ways to make my dreams a reality and really connect with locals and, you know, stay in their houses or trade work with them and cook with them. So it was a really insightful experience for me starting off as a traveler, getting that that real hands-on experience. Absolutely. So you, you mentioned that you were looking for ways to make your dream come true. When did you start dreaming that this was a lifestyle choice? That's a great question. Well, my first year of living in Australia and backpacking around Asia and um, the Middle East and some different countries, I thought it was just going to be a year, you know, almost like a gap year before going into a very much so conservative American lifestyle of the nine-to-five job in the office. Um, After that first year, I came home, and I just couldn't do it. I still dreamt of getting out there and seeing more places and connecting with more people, and that's exactly what I did. I kind of I went all over um, still traveling out of a backpack in Europe, into Morocco. And that next year, I kind of discovered what it is I wanted to do, and it was more work in the travel sphere and still connect with those people and find a way to to do it for, for work and, and blend that into my life. So, yeah, it's been a great journey. That is a great journey, and it's so... Uh, real, you know, that you paid attention, that you've been paying attention to your intuition and to your dreams and wanting them to come true to make this into your lifestyle because you felt a connection and love it so much. That's it. Yeah, I'm very grateful that I've I've been able to do that. <laughs> I know. Well, congratulations. <laughs> That's a lot of wisdom in a young woman, I can tell you. <laughs> Well, thank you. So here you are now. You you started early on. You, now, had you just graduated from college and when you went to Australia? Yeah, that's right. I was about 22. So I'm 27 now, so five years later. I'm kind of still, still doing the same thing, you could say, but just in a more concentrated and 27-year-old kind of way. (laughs) Exactly. Well, that's what I want to talk to you about is how this story unfolded of um, 
Well, really just traveling, I guess, is is what it's sounding. How did you where give me a kind of an idea of how that transitioned from being a backpacking solo traveler and going to these different places to actually focusing on on this service work that you do. Sure. I so as a graphic designer, um, that's that's mostly how I make my money while I'm on the road working online. I connected with a nonprofit in Peru, and the the Peruvian nonprofit had asked me if I wanted to live in Peru, come to South America, uh, a continent I've never been, and I really wanted to learn Spanish and work on that side of things. So about a year and a half ago, I agreed and moved to Peru. So I was living in Peru and working for this nonprofit on the beach, and everything was great. Um, And I kind of decided then I had just met some interesting, inspiring people, and I decided that I wanted to create my own company because I had seen how this nonprofit worked, and, you know, I was working very closely with the founder, and I just felt like it was time to do my own thing. So um, one thing that I'd always loved and really connected with were people in the markets, these these lovely artisans who were making these really type these hand woven or handmade type of products that we don't we're not so connected with anymore in, in the US. So I about last year this time I decided to pursue that route and look into different organizations or artisan groups and people that I could work with and here we are a year later um, and I have that exact company and, and model. Um, it's came into fruition. So well, I'm congratulations! Really, really happy. I know, me too. So Emily, when we come back, I want to talk more about your where you are right now. I, uh, it's making my day. So thank you so much for being on the show. This is Emily Rathmanner. She is doing some really great things. This is Marilyn Ball. You're listening to Speaking of Travel. As newcomers flocked to Asheville over the last 50 years, they joined with locals to breathe new energy into the city. Marilyn Ball traces the bonds of community that give rise to Asheville today in her book, The Rise of Asheville, an exceptional history of community building. It's available at Malaprops, Barnes & Noble, Loft on Broadway, and Amazon.com. People call Asheville home for all different reasons, and they all mean a better quality of living that reflects their very own uniqueness. Whether you're looking for a funky loft in downtown Asheville, an arts and crafts bungalow in a walkable community, or a small farm to create your own artistic legacy, Appalachian Realty Associates will help you find properties as unique as you. Visit them at AppalachianRealty.com or at their welcoming bungalow office on Arlington Street, right near downtown. Appalachian Realty, helping people call Asheville home since 1979. 
With 50 flights every day to and from cities like Atlanta, Charlotte, and Chicago, you can fly to hundreds of worldwide destinations with one easy connection. Choose Allegiant, American, Delta, Elite, or United right here from Asheville Regional Airport. And when you fly home, you're home. Asheville Regional Airport. Take the easy way out. Fly me to the moon. Let me play among the stars and let me see what spring is like on Jupiter and Mars in other words this is Marilyn Baugh you're listening to speaking of travel and I'm here today with Emily Rathmanner Emily is talking to us in Delaware Emily thank you so much for being on the show today Of course. I'm glad to be here. I was just saying that uh, at the break that when we met here in Asheville, you just you were so kind and compassionate um, and so just welcoming to my little granddaughter. And she loves that piece of sea glass jewelry that you made together. And you were so patient. And and I'm sure that's a big part of how your path is moving along, because, you know, you want to be the change that you want to see in the world, and you're doing it. Well, thank you. Yeah, it was lovely to connect with her. And, yeah, it's so often I think that we we miss those opportunities to connect with people right. like yourself and your granddaughter. So and it, and, and it sounds like that's what you've been doing as you've been traveling. You know, you, it sounds like you started out solo and you were – I mean, you're in your early 20s at that point. You're soaking it all in. It's like this is your experience. It's becoming your footprint. You must have been able to really measure as you were traveling the kind of people and the kind of work that you wanted to do. Yeah, you can definitely say it was a bit of a soul-searching experience, just connecting with all these different people that are so different from what I've seen growing up in Delaware and really only being accustomed to our lifestyle in the States. So it's definitely taught me a lot about what's important and what it is I want to do and, and who I am. And that's so important to, as we grow, as we grow up and as we reach out and help others. So you're in Peru, you're looking at, you're, you're working with a nonprofit organization, decide to start your own, and now you've done that. Tell us about that, where you are now. Sure. Well, while I was in Peru, I was led to Ecuador, the neighboring country in South America, and I was seeking out, a, you know, a women's group or an artisan group to to collaborate and, and, and design products with. So as a designer, I was very into these ancient arts and handmade products. And I was in Peru and, you know, a group passing by had told me about these lovely women in Ecuador that are making products from cactus fiber. And to my luck, they were also looking for someone to help them design and distribute their products. So I decided um, earlier this year to go to Ecuador and meet these women and, you know, gain their trust and get to know them and see their craft. And here we are about eight months later with a collaborative business and a brand um, called Made by Minga. So it's it's been a great learning experience. And, um, yeah, I've been working with them directly and... 
was there in Ecuador for about three months living with them and, and just creating this company. So it's been a great learning experience. Well, tell us how you came up with this name made by Minga. Oh, sure. So Minga is actually a Spanish word, and um, it's not in every every culture they use it, but in this, this community in the Intag region of Ecuador where I work, they have Mingas. So a Minga is when they do collaborative work for the betterment of the community. So, for example, while I was there, they had a Minga to fix a broken water pipe. So the whole community came together to dig a hole to access this water pipe, and they often do it with food and music, and it's more of a fun event rather than, you know, one person doing all the work. So I thought it fit the model and idea behind the brand very well. I love it. You know, we... We talk about collaboration and working together, and and they're on it, <laughs> and to make it fun. <laughs> yes, exactly. So I, the name was, it was very hard to come up with a name, but after I heard that word, I was like, okay, I think this is perfect. It is perfect. So tell us a little bit about this region of um, where you were in Ecuador. It's northern Ecuador, is that correct? Yeah, it's it's situated on the west side of the the Andes Mountains. So if if you're familiar with Quito or Otavalo in Ecuador, two bigger cities, it's about two or three hours into the mountains from there. So we're working in a region called Intag, which is a beautiful cloud forest of Ecuador. Um, the elevation is at the perfect perfect height to be growing all sorts of different fruits and vegetables, and it just has this lovely climate with these descending clouds and, and, and forests. It's, it's quite, quite wonderful. Well, you had me at cloud forest, Emily. <laughs> it <laughs> yes. sounds absolutely lovely and enchanting. And, and so you're up there, and, and it's one of the world's 10 most biodiverse ecosystems. Unbelievable. That's right. Yeah, it is really a, a special place. They're they're growing potatoes next to pineapples and coffee. So there's there's tons of different plants and animals and um, the perfect conditions to grow all sorts of varieties of food. Well, it sounds like too that th- that this region has uh, farmers and obviously artisans are living there. Tell us a little bit about that and how you came to find these women. Sure. So, like I said, basically a group, while I was living in Peru, the neighboring country, a group had put me in touch with a farmer in the region of Ecuador who who knew these women and who suggested to them that they start looking for a partner, someone to help them out design and distribute their products since they're so remote and in, you know, living in this cloud forest, they don't really have those assets to be reaching a lot of customers and selling their products. So, yeah, I decided to go and, and just, you know, booked my one-way ticket and ended up living in this region for about three months. Wow. Um, working with them, yeah. And you, so you do they speak English? No, no, they speak Spanish. So my Spanish, my Spanish level improved very rapidly. <laughs> That's great. So were you living in people's homes? 
That's right. Yes. I was living in a home with one of the artists and women and her family. Wow. And so how did you talked about gaining their trust? Tell me how that unfolded. Well, I think that a lot of people pass by this region and see this unique art that the women are practicing of creating products from cactus fiber, and everyone's blown away. It's some, it is something very special and, and something that a f- only few people in the world are still doing. So a lot of people see it and they say, wow, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to order a lot of bags from you or order a lot of products from you and bring them bring them to the States and sell them, and maybe we can set something up. But it almost seems like that was something that, you know, people would promise and then they would forget about. So when I arrived, this farmer I mentioned, who really introduced me to these women, he said, the women asked, well, how serious is she? And and he said to them, well, she booked a ticket just to come here and meet you. So I think it was... um this mutual understanding that we needed to, to, to see in each other that I was there to help them and also to, do, to pursue my dream of working with women and creating a brand. And, and, you know, they had to understand that and see that I was truly invested and in, in passionate about it. I love when women come together like that on a global level. <laughs> Yeah, it's been it's been amazing. Well, tell us the website if people are listening right now and they want to find out more. Sure, it's www.madebymanga.com and that's M I N G A. And I highly suggest that you go just go to your computer right now and put in it's madebymanga.com. That's right. Yeah, and look at everything that Emily's doing. So when we come back, you'll be that much more tuned in, and you're going to want to order some of these amazing bags. Emily, thank you so much for being on the show today. Of course. Thank you. Emily Rathmanner, we're here talking about Made by Minga. So come on back. This is Tina Kinsey with Asheville Regional Airport, and I have a travel tip for you today. Do you know that airports all have three-letter airport codes that are used in many ways, including for booking and baggage routing? It's a good idea to educate yourself about your destination airport's three-letter code. You can then check the airline's baggage routing tag to ensure the correct airport destination is listed. Why is this important? While Asheville Regional Airport's code is intuitive, AVL, there are other airports that don't correlate quite as well to the airport's name. Take New Orleans, for example. The code for Louis Armstrong Airport, located in New Orleans, is MSY. I hope you get to take a trip soon, and we would welcome you at AVL. Asheville Regional Airport, take the easy way out. Any real estate company's success is a reflection of its attention and care provided to its clients. Appalachian Realty Associates are proven to have the best agents around. And if you're looking for a place in Asheville and Western North Carolina, they'll help you find properties as unique as you are. Visit them at AppalachianRealty.com or at their welcoming bungalow office on Arlington Street near downtown. Appalachian Realty, helping people call Asheville home since 1979.
Fly me to the moon Let me play among the stars And let me see what spring is like on Jupiter and Mars In other words Welcome back to Speaking of Travel. It's time to head over to the Gourmet Highway with our good pal Doc Lawrence. And I heard Doc is headed down to Palm Beach, staying at the Breakers, maybe having some cocktails with Jimmy Buffett and dinner with Sting. You know, Doc just loves the warm weather and partying with the rich and famous. Well, hey, Doc, Palm Beach, huh? You know, I'm packing my bags. Marilyn, dream a little dream with Doc. I'm here in Palm Beach. This is America's la-la land. And it's a place of milk and honey, the spa of the rich and famous. And this is where I go, Maryland, when it gets a little too cold in Atlanta. You may be iced in in Asheville. There may be snow and ice all over the place. But there's done here just God's beautiful sunshine, the blue sky, air of the Atlantic Ocean, and all these beautiful people everywhere. I always stay, Maryland, at the Breakers Hotel. Why not? This creation of Henry Flagler is the hotel usually selected as America's most beautiful. And if you could see what I'm looking at, you would agree. I come here and sit at the bar and just close my eyes and dream about Jack and Jackie dancing here. Yes, they did. And you can close your eyes on the second time and dream of Prince Charles and Lady Diana doing the same thing. Maybe having a martini in between waltzes. This is the best wine dinner held at the Breakers I've ever attended on this planet. And the ones they have here feature the best of Bordeaux each year during the winter, right in the middle of the season. They don't use any barware here in the Breakers. No, siree. Only Riedel, the finest crystal money can buy. The opulence is equal to the gourmet menu. The wines, the cocktails are the best on earth. Marilyn, you join me for dinner here, and we pool our resources and get us a bottle of Chateau Lafitte Rothschild. If we've got enough money, we can get it, because you better believe it's in their wine cellar. That's de rigueur here, and I love this. It's not the style that I can live in, and I'm not part of the rich and famous, but I sure do enjoy every now and then rubbing elbows with them. And then there's Worth Avenue just right up the street from where I am. Worth Avenue, walking down the sidewalk, Maryland, is tantamount to shopping during the Christmas season in Manhattan. The storefronts are gorgeous, and this is the only avenue I've ever been on on the planet that has rush hour traffic jams featuring Rolls Royces and Bentleys just locked bumper to bumper. It's funny, but it's impressive. Stick around here, and you'll see the rich and famous dining at restaurants that are countless the best restaurants you'll find outside of New York and San Francisco. They're celebrities galore. Hey, is that Hugh Jackman that just walked in and got a seat at the bar? I'll find out in just a few minutes, Marilyn. I have special memories here, and particularly one night when I was leaving the Bordeaux wine dinner at the Breakers, and I saw Sting, of all people, pull up to the parking attendant, 
and he was in his red Ferrari. He put it in park. He gets out, opens up the hood, and the attendant and others wanted to see what a $200,000 engine really looks like. And it turns out that Sting, when he performs on the East Coast, finds a way, like I would, to headquarter himself at the Breakers. Everything here, architecturally, was either built by Henry Meisner or is influenced by his architecture. They call it Spanish Revival and call it whatever you want to, but it's uniform and it's beautiful and it stays with you when you leave. There's something about the aesthetics of luxury and good taste that says a lot about what Americans can do when they really want to. This is a beautiful place. It's a beautiful part of Florida. It's a lovely part of America. Some exceptions to all of the good life would be Bethesda by the Sea, the magnificent church. It's an Episcopal church just around the corner from the Breakers and almost next door to Estee Lauder's home. This place will astonish you, and you will think you're in downtown London instead of Palm Beach. This is an island. You go across the bridge to get here. They have great laws here that encourage good behavior, good taste, safety, and they promote fun. And you know, I've got a dinner planned tonight, Marilyn. I wish you were here. I'm going to go over to the Brazilian, another hotel that has a show bar. And who knows, maybe the next Frank Sinatra will be playing there. You never can tell here. Well, Marilyn, it's time for old Doc to go to his room here at the Breakers, change into some dressy clothes, and go out and put on the Ritz tonight in his favorite town in America, Palm Beach. So for now, this is Doc Lawrence for Maryland Ball. And speaking of travel, on the Gourmet Highway in Palm Beach, Florida, saying I hope to see you soon in your hometown. Doc, you save a beach chair for me. I'm ready uh, for some fun and sun. Well, we'll catch up with Doc next week. Bye for now. Remember, you can follow Doc's journey on the Gourmet Highway by visiting thegourmethighway.com. Well, I'm excited having... Emily Rathmanner here talking to us about her mission and being down in Ecuador. Emily, give us a little bit of an idea of what it was like when you uh, stepped off and and ma- how did you even get into the Andes from the airport? Did you take a bus? Yes, it was a couple stops along along the way from Quito, the capital city in Ecuador. So I had to get a few buses um, and one final bus ride into into this region called the Cloud Forest in Intag. So, you know, I was on the bus with a lot of local people, a lot of farmers with their big bags of potatoes. Um, there's also a few indigenous communities that live throughout those, those, those mountains. So it was really cool to kind of see see their culture and their dress and try to converse with them on the bus on my way to this community where I work. That was a lot of fun. Now, I have to ask, because I've been to your website a couple of times and I've seen the um, the pictures, did you have those boots with you when you were arriving? <laughs> no, I did not. So, yeah, we, we have to wear these high knee-high boots because it's raining so often and it's such a wet climate. 
So, no, I was actually given given those, and I borrowed them during my time there, but they sure did come in handy. Well, they look like they did. And, you know, we live here in a rainforest ourselves, but I wouldn't call it a cloud forest. Give us an idea. You said it rained a lot. What was the temperature like there? Well, the sun would peak out at least for a few hours every day, but during the mornings it was probably in the the 60s or so, um, but very cloudy and hazy with a light, misty rain. And then when the sun would peak out, it was like glory days, which (laughs) I would, you know, get my shorts on and just sit in the sun to take that in because it was only there for quite a bit. How about that? And then tell me a little bit about um, the cactus. So you say that these bags are made from cactus fiber. Is cactus growing abundantly there? Yes, that's right. So we work with a cactus called the panka cactus. So it's similar to the very common agave cactus that everyone knows where their tequila comes from. So we're working with this cactus, and it's huge. It's taller than you or I. And what we do is we actually take those those leaves of the cactus and access the fiber that lives inside those leaves. So that is the fiber that we're working with, that we're crocheting these bags from, and yeah, really creating, without this cactus, our brand wouldn't exist. Wow. It's amazing. So is this a craft that has been um, inherent in, in the people who live there? Oh, yeah. So the fiber is, is called kabuya, the cactus fiber, and it's actually known as one of the first commercial, all-natural, the, the first all-natural fiber used for commercial purposes. So this has been around for thousands of years. In, in the early days, they were using this fiber to make shoes, mattresses, uh, large sacks to carry on their horses. So it's been around for a long time. It truly is an ancient art. Wow. Lucky them that they happen to live in this environment that has so many different variants and yet has this resource that they could live on and create a a community and a society. Yes, exactly. It's there's there's tons of different farmers and artisans who are using this fiber or coffee or any other of the natural resources there to create a living off of. So it really is great to see their relationship with nature and their land well, and, and how, how they work together. I love that. It's all about collaboration up there. So when we come back, let's talk about that. And it's the website is made by Minga, M-I-N-G-A dot com. That's right. All right. Emily Rathmanner is here today. She's talking to us from Delaware about Ecuador and cactus. People call Asheville home for all different reasons, and they all mean a better quality of living that reflects their very own uniqueness. Whether you're looking for a funky loft in downtown Asheville, an arts and crafts bungalow in a walkable community, or a small farm to create your own artistic legacy, Appalachian Realty Associates will help you find properties as unique as you. Visit them at AppalachianRealty.com or at their welcoming bungalow office on Arlington Street, right near downtown. Appalachian Realty, helping people call Asheville home since 1979. 
Your business trip shouldn't start with a road trip. Hundreds of global destinations are just one connection away, starting at Asheville Regional Airport. Fly Allegiant, American, Delta, Elite, and United. Asheville Regional Airport, your local connection to the world. Visit flyavl.com to plan your next trip. As newcomers flock to Asheville over the last 50 years, they join with locals to breathe new energy into the city. Maryland Ball traces the bonds of community that give rise to Asheville today in her book, The Rise of Asheville, an exceptional history of community building. It's available at Malaprops, Barnes & Noble, Loft on Broadway, and Amazon.com. Fly me to the moon, let me play among the stars. Let me see what spring is like on Jupiter and Mars. In other words... Welcome back to Speaking of Travel. This is Marilyn Ball. You know, I started the show by giving you a quote by the Dalai Lama where he said, It is not enough to be compassionate. You must act. And here today is... Emily Rathmanner, and she is acting. She has had an incredible journey for a young woman. And, Emily, you've just met so many wonderful people, the farmers, the artisans, the people of Ecuador up in the Andes. Where do you see this going? Where do you see yourself in the next five years? Oh, that's a great question, something I've been pondering a lot as well. I truly – I'm – I just can't wait to get back to Ecuador and keep working with these women, design new bags, and really perfect all of the logistics behind our our business. Um, To think a little bit more large-scale and long-term, I'm really excited about working with other communities, whether it's in Ecuador or neighboring countries in South America or even around the world, to truly support and, and highlight these ancient arts that they're working with and to show their story to the world and help help them design, create products that are going to sell and, and just really promote um, small business and handmade goods. So there's, there's definitely a lot coming, a lot of work to do, but as they say in Ecuador, poco a poco, step by step. We'll I love that. So tell me a little bit about, you know, when you when you first arrived up here and you, you had this connection through that you had met in Peru, and, you know, and the women are starting to um, uh, trust you and to include you into to what they're doing, and, and you're actually creating a brand with them. Tell me how the vibe changed from when you first got there to, I mean, it must have a, a I don't know, a really, they must be so happy to to be making their craft and knowing that somebody is there to help them market it. Yeah, exactly. So the first few weeks were truly just there. I was there working with them, understanding what it is they're making, what products they currently are making, and, you know, things like how long it takes, what other materials are they using, who else is involved in the supply chain. So the first month or so was truly an investigation. And then once I got a good handle on things, my Spanish improved, and I really got to know these women it turned into this beautiful creation phase of, you know, designing bags, showing them 
inspiration, um, colors, different things, like even Pinterest was something that blew their mind, um, and really working together to create samples, perfect the design, and figure out how we were going to make this work together. Well, it must have definitely started to um, increase the self-confidence that that what they were doing and that the skill of the craft and the artisan way uh, was really something that could be used to support themselves and her and their children. And um, how did that, how did you start getting that feeling that how empowering what you're doing uh, really was? Well, I, I think, Definitely seeing these women's feedback and their excitement when I was putting in orders and when we got down to the final stages uh, after design of saying, okay, I'm going to order X amount of bags. Um, and, you know, it's really important to pay them all up front and have these open and honest conversations about payments and things. Just just to see the smile on their faces and their their levels of excitement and bliss when, you know, all this work they had been putting on and they're, they're, they were looking for someone like me and finally they found it was super, super inspiring and just felt really right while I was there. Also, um, I truly believed during this whole process and investigation stage and creation stage in Ecuador I was every day setting intentions, and it it truly felt like it was where I was supposed to be. So I think my mindset going into it is something anyone could apply to a project as long as you put your intention out there and truly believe in yourself. It's it's something that anyone can do and make their dreams become this reality. So there was a lot of factors involved, to to be honest. And they all were were pointing in the direction that you were meant to be there and and they picked up on that as well and that's such a beautiful thing especially when you're in the cloud forest right <laughs> yeah exactly it was truly magical uh, magical that's what keeps coming to my mind well tell me so as a, as we go into a new year what what are you going to do from here where are you going like next Sure. So I actually just booked my next ticket down to Ecuador for um, the end of January. So I'm planning to go there and spend about a month or six weeks working with these women and figuring out some different kinks as well as new designs and also trying to see if we can um, work directly with another women's group in a nearby community and how we can expand our team and and just influence more people involved and highlight those women who are still crafting with this kabuya cactus fiber. Um, after that, I'll be home in the spring and summer back in the States just doing another round of markets and events, pop-ups, promoting their story and our brand. So there's a lot coming, and I'm I'm trying to take it, you know, be present in every moment and take it as slow as I can to really soak up all the the greatness involved. And what do they say in Ecuador? The, uh, that, they're, they're saying, yeah, poca poca. I love that. Well, that's exactly what we have to be doing, all of us, all the time. So you're when you're home and here in the states, do you go travel throughout the United States? Yes. Well, this past summer was my first time 
home for a long period of time in about, you know, five years. So it is a little, it is a maybe reverse culture shock to come home at times. But yeah, to answer your question, I'm always in my car going to these events and festivals and checking out different different parts of the U.S. And I'm, on a personal note, I'm trying to figure out where it is I want to live in this in our country. So a lot of that is my own time figuring out where I'd like to grow some roots and set up my business here. I totally get that. It, that makes perfect sense for the next go round. So do these women have, do the women and the, the people up here in the in, uh, Andes, do they have um, Internet service? Um, there is one woman involved out of the 18 we work with that does have Wi-Fi. So we're, we set up a way to communicate. Um, I also have a lovely dear friend who I met while living in Ecuador who um, has constant Wi-Fi, and she is kind of my go-to girl in terms of running the project while I'm here in the U.S. Oh, that's so nice. And it sounds like when you start to work with other women in some of the other villages that you're adding to your minga, would you say? Yeah, you can say you can say our minga is growing. Your that, is, minga. that is for certain. I love that your minga is growing. So, yes, Emily, your website it's made by minga m i n g a dot com. That's right, and you can also find us on Facebook and Instagram under that same name, Made by Minga. Well, I encourage all of you to go check that out because the products are so beautiful and the stories. Emily, you have like a blog. You you tell stories on your site too? Yeah. Um, a, lot of, a lot on my Instagram page I'm sharing behind-the-scenes work as well as, you know, stories from my end and how I got to where I am today. So I think that Instagram page made by Minga is definitely your best bet. Well, I am totally on that. Emily, I can't thank you enough for being on the show. And, and I'm wondering before we before we go, if if somebody is listening who wants to start out maybe just in a grassroots way to um, be connecting with uh, women in other countries who are, you know, just to get their feet wet to start doing something, what would you recommend? Surely, I what I did and what I found super helpful was to actually reach out and to connect to other people who are running like-minded companies or organizations that whoever's listening might want to start. To hear their stories and how they began was really insightful and had a direct impact on my courage and confidence going in. So reach out and, and chat with people who are doing those things get some advice, and then I'd just say go for it and really believe in yourself and, and just keep following that, that gut feeling and you'll get there. Well, that's what you're doing, and you inspire me and so many others. And, Emily, I can't thank you enough for being on the show. We all want to support your project and, and the lovely people and women that you've met. We all feel like it's our minga, too. Well, great. Thank you so much for having me. And yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to connecting with everyone else and hopefully meeting you guys again in Asheville. Absolutely. I wish you the best. Well, thank you so much. Well, this is Marilyn Baugh. You've been listening to Speaking of Travel. 
Get on your computers and go to Made by Mink. You're going to find some incredible stories and lovely product and well worth supporting what Emily is doing. And I would take it a step further and say, as you go out there this week, connect with people that you don't know. Try something new. Buy something that's been made by somebody in another part of our region, an artisan that's out there. And remember, as you go out... Don't postpone joy. 